Welcome to another episode of Once More with Commentary. I'm Allie. And I'm Jenny. And we're here for a Buffy podcast. And today we're talking we're about here for a Buffy podcast. Angel and iRobot U Jane. So yeah. I think we're going to talk this is a pretty good more about Angel. <laughs> um, okay, I actually feel like I have, a, I have more to say about iRobot than I thought I would. I have like three notes on iRobot. Okay. So I All right, don't great. I'll really carry that yeah. part of the conversation. <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, oh boy. I just. Yeah. I did like lose focus a few times, but I do have some, I have things to say about it. I had to watch it in like two parts. It was rough. <laughs> um, okay. But first we're talking about Angel, which is a really important episode, I think in Buffy canon Definitely. and especially in season one. Um, Cause mm-hmm. we learned that. Surprise, Angel's a vampire. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked. I'm certain that we've been talking about this whole time. Were you shocked? I was shocked. I was like, I I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I do feel like this is one of those kind of sad things, though, that's like, because I didn't watch the show when it was originally airing, like, there's no way you didn't know already. Uh, Right. Nobody doesn't know that Angel's a vampire. (laughs) The only people who didn't know were the people watching this when it aired the first time in 1997. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And even then, I'm sure, you know, there were a little, there were a few hints along the way, but, you know, I think yeah, we would have really been looking you... for them. Mm-hmm. Like now, you kind of can go back and be like, well, that's an interesting kind of, you know, breadcrumb or something. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, so we'll just, we'll start with the, I mean, that's yeah, essentially so... the main plot of this episode is that Buffy finds out Angel's a vampire. Um, yeah, but there's lots of weird little details. Yeah, so they, um, you know, Buffy's so, at the bronze, and she's um, lamenting that Angel just kind of tends to show up out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. he's like a, this lurky guy, and you know, she's kind of admitting that she's got a crush on him. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Surprise, surprise, Buffy. Yeah. And our favorite... <laughs> also not a shocker. <laughs> yeah, our favorite uh, non-entity of a villain has decided that it's time to take out the Slayer once and for all so he hires this is the master mm-hmm. i'm talking about in case that was mm-hmm. unclear um he <laughs> darla shows up again who we haven't seen since the harvest and yeah um she wants to kill the slayer but um the master says no and he hires the three which are a group mm-hmm. of assassins who basically look like they're stepping out of medieval times i mean it's they, they do look yeah. a little like it's like Almost like steampunk, like biker, like medieval chic or something. <laughs> um, so they they run into Buffy and or they find her and you know she kind of quickly realizes she's outmatched by them and lo and behold, Angel shows up at exactly the right moment to save her. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. run to Buffy's house, which I don't know how close to the bronze Buffy actually lives. It seems like right across the street, according to well as. <laughs> As Cordelia said, they don't have a lot of town. Yeah, I guess that's true. I think the whole town is pretty small. So, I mean, maybe that's why Buffy finds it so <laughs> easy to go out to the bronze, because it's like her backyard. Yeah. Um, I think also, you know, also she was partway through her walk home at that that's point. That's true. That is true. Um, and so they run to Buffy's house, and they go inside, and because um, Angel gets wounded trying to help her, and, um, <laughs> and they mm-hmm. decide that they can't go back outside. So he has to immediately take his shirt right, off. Right, so that she can fix him up. <laughs> Um, but it's too dangerous to go outside, so Angel ends up spending the night, and then I guess the mm-hmm. next day as well at Buffy's Oof, house. So risque, yeah. So like, Buffy can leave and go to school, and Angel has to stay in the room. I really didn't understand that part. 
Well, um, because he can't go outside because it's day. Well, he she doesn't know that at this point. Like, what was well, his I know. reasoning? She should be concerned that he's hung out there all day. A little weird. That's why he didn't leave. Um, so this is the second night she shows up and he's still at her house. He has not left. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's moved in. And <laughs> she, they stay, they they kiss each other, and I guess it's too much for Angel, and he vamps mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah. And Buffy screams because, oh no, Angel's a vampire. Yeah. And then... I like that scene. It that is was, a great scene, yeah. It was a good scene. And she spends the rest of the episode deciding whether her being the Slayer means that she has to kill Angel because he's never done anything to hurt her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's very conflicted until Darla gets involved, and... Right. Darla shows up at Buffy's house, them. yes, and bites Buffy's mother. Angel shows up because he hears screaming, and Buffy thinks Angel tried to eat her mother, and <laughs> shenanigans ensue, and we end up at the bronze, yeah. and in my favorite fight scene to date, Darla brings guns to a sword fight, Dunce. and it is <laughs> so all kinds of awesome. Um, but Buffy, Buffy and Angel fight, and then it turns into... Buffy and Darla fighting. Angel mm-hmm. stakes Darla, and that's the Ugh. end of her. And Buffy decides, you know, she's not going to kill Angel. He's a good guy, but they but can't be together because they shouldn't date. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's in the meantime, there's a lot of research. You know, there Giles is reading old Watcher journals and discovering mm-hmm. about this old vampire named Angelus who left Europe and mm-hmm. left a trail of bodies in Europe and came to right. America yeah, and havoc. has done basically nothing since. And so they realize he's a good vampire, but we don't yet know really why or how. Um, mm-hmm. He briefly explains that he, you know, he ate a young girl. Briefly says, yeah. Yeah, and her her clan, like, Her cursed family him. cursed him, yeah. yeah. Um, but they really didn't get into it. I always think this is the episode where they explain his whole backstory. No, and it really is like, yeah. I don't, maybe that doesn't even happen until season two. You know, I think I a think lot there's of one that, more backstory. A lot of that yeah. is in season two, and a lot more of it is on Angel. So, right. Um, and I think that's the problem is like, I'm always operating with more knowledge than I remembered that we got. Exactly. Like, they really don't mention that much. I mean, Darla alludes to their past history together because we also learned that Darla sired angel she turned him into a vampire mm-hmm. and that they used to be involved so um mm-hmm. which you know at this point is only to make it more poignant that angel stakes her because right or buffy or yeah. to save buffy um so that's really interesting so that's that's angel and yeah i mean there's so much to unpack here because yeah this is like uh Okay. Mythology 101 of Buffy. I know where I want to start. And this has nothing to do with the mythology, but I want to talk about the fumigation party that they attend at the Bronx. Oh, yes. I didn't mention the cockroach fumigation (laughs) party. Okay. First of all, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that they mentioned the fumigation party again in like a later season. But maybe I just made that up because I knew that that was a thing that they joked about, but I did not remember that there were literally scenes of them picking up roaches like in the, in the floor, from the floor. To get a free drink. Um, and Yeah, and then also that they get a free drink. Willa like crushes one and then she offers her shoe to Xander. That was hilarious. That like killed me. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm positive that they mentioned the fumigation party again later. Well, this all goes down to, I mean, the fumigation party is a good thing to bring up because that's why... Buffy and Darla are having this fight in an empty bronze because right. one, oh, no one it's, it probably was budgetary and existing standing sta- it's set the that only they could set use. that they have that's not the school <laughs> yeah. hallway. And, um, <laughs> also just conveniently empty. Because um, we learned yeah. that Angel lives basically like 
behind the bronze or something. It's really kind of unclear. <laughs> he says he lives He's nearby. He's kind of a loser. <laughs> yeah. He, I, uh, Buffy shouldn't be into this guy. He lives yeah, like above all, like the scuzzy, like all ages club yeah. in town. And he's following her around all the time. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, that being said, yeah. I swooned many times during this episode. Cause he's well, really dreamy. The ending, this is really David Boreanaz at his like hottest. And yes, that, that final scene. The song is great. The, yeah. the kiss is great. And the whole scene mm-hmm. where Buffy's cross necklace burns him is mm-hmm. just, and she That's thinks so he's great. getting emotional because, you know, yeah. they can't be together, which I'm sure he is, but also yeah. it's because she burned him with a necklace. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's so careless with her jewelry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I do think that if I had watched this when I was a teenager, like, it would have made my little, my little teen heart flutter. Absolutely. <laughs> Even now I'm not immune, I'm not immune to it. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should um, you be. I mean, it's set up your angel is supposed to be this, like, you know, you're supposed to... I blame this 100% for, you know, Twilight. Like, you know, you're supposed to fall <laughs> yeah. in love with the vampire, and it's this, you know, metaphor of, like, the bad boy is actually good. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is, like, like the purest distillation of bad boy with a heart of gold that you could, like, yeah, even get really to is, because so. he's a vampire yeah. with a soul. <laughs> so. I hate that I'm so taken with it, but I totally am. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just like, there were so many fun tidbits, I think just happening in the background of this episode. I really like that, um, you know, when Buffy's fighting the three and then Angel comes to save her, I mean, that's like not comes to save her even it's the first time that they like fight together, which of course, as their relationship continues, like they fight together all the time and it's like a fun thing that they do together. (laughs) But like, I thought it was really sweet that they're there, you know, already kind of just, they pick that up really quickly. That they're allies in the war against the demons. Well, not even just that they're allies, but that, like, they make a good partnership. Oh, okay. And that, like, they're good at fighting together. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of the fun stuff going on in the background, I will say that one of my favorite scenes, because it has absolutely nothing to do with anything else that's happening, it's just a let's make Cordelia be funny kind of moment, is yes, when she I goes exactly off on that girl about wearing the same dress as her. <laughs> And it's, there's no point to it, like, whatsoever, but I love it. I mean, she's just Cordelia, like, <laughs> ranting for a minute about, like, someone wearing a knockoff dress of hers, you know, it's uh-huh, like, I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you missed the quote, which is, this is exactly what happens when you sign those free trade agreements. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk, Cordelia, oh, like, like probably so... voted for Trump, like, with that mm, attitude, because just no, if anything to save her okay. trade agreement, like her non-trade 16-year-old agreement. 16-year-old Cordelia, but not yes, post-angel okay. Cordelia. Fine. But, you know. Um, but it's also just a great, I feel like that's why Joss Whedon shows are so fun, or at least, you know, why Buffy is fun, because, like, she's a villain, but, like, she's not just saying, like, ugh, you're so ugly. Like, she's got, like, a, a, a witty kind of, like, not knowledgeable exactly, but, like, it's just, that's a good thing, you know? It, she, I don't you know what? Her, she's it's, like, it's she, hilarious. she's like Cher. Like, she, like, in Clueless. Like, yeah, she's not, totally. she's not stupid. She's just not, like, no. aware, I guess. And, like, her mm-hmm. focus is on all of the wrong things, but she just comes across as totally endearing and hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I love yeah, that they're all just watching it, life. and they're all kind of, like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, that puts our problems in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the other the other kind of funny line, I'm sure they didn't mean it this way, but um, when the master is, like, schooling the anointed one about God knows what, um, 
he like clearly attended the Spider-Man school of philosophy because he gives him that like with great power comes great responsibility line. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking about whether or not they should kill the three as like a punishment, but. Well, and the anointed one, I will also add, has a lovely echoey um, mm-hmm. voice now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know where so he picked that, that was, up. I found that really distracting, actually. Me too. Was like, what have they I really don't like done? him. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I mean, this is the thing, like, we're talking about, like, what is the point to the anointed one? The master is just not a super compelling villain. Um, no. It's just, like, his little escape attempts are occurring in the background. It really only ties in in this episode because of Darla, and we remember, right. oh, yeah, Darla is a vampire that was in his, you know, one of his minions. In and his court. Yeah. Come to find out has a personal attachment to a character that we know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. But it is, I mean, that's another one that kind of always rang oddly to me, you know, especially as like both of these shows progress and we find out more about Darla and, and Angel. But like, it's so bizarre to me that she would just, she's so like fangirly about the master. But like, what has he ever done that's that impressive? You know, she and Angel were really impressive on their own in terms of wreaking havoc and murdering people. Like, I don't know. I never really understood what she got out of that. Well, so... I mean, it's because they're writing it. They write back write all of that, really. Well, that's... I mean, they do, and that's background that if you keep watching and you watch Angel, you know, the master turned Darla into a vampire, so he's her sire. And, you know, she's very attached and loyal to him, but you're right. I mean, she does kind of seem like the type that would realize she's got power of her own and kind of just head off into the sunset with, you know, Mm -hmm. herself. Um... Instead, she's in this tiny town pretending to be a student. Like, it's, and you have to wonder is she doing this like after the fact now? It's like, well, is she doing this because Angel was there and she knew that? But you haven't seen her interact with him before. Like, he hasn't interacted with her. I mean, this is the first time she's let him know that she's there. Um, Mm -hmm. Angel Mm -hmm. hasn't gone anywhere near the vampires because he says he's afraid of them, which we don't really see that being true. So I think it's just growing pains with the show, too. But there are a lot of unexplored, unanswered questions around, like, character motivations. Like, why are they doing these things? Um, Mm -hmm. I will say... I guess, again, that's a lot to pin on this one episode when, like, they didn't even know if they were going to have more seasons. Right, exactly. Fair enough. Um, And, you know, they they did shoot and... film and write this entire first episode in a vacuum or first season in a vacuum before anyone right. had seen it so there's no feedback you don't know which characters are going to be beloved mm-hmm. and which ones aren't and you know mm-hmm. it's clearly brought Darla back for this episode to have kind of a tie to Angel and then they just kill her off right. immediately which right. obviously is a decision <laughs> kind of that a Joss Whedon yeah. regretted because <laughs> right you know, down the line that's yeah. that turns out to not be the case anymore. <laughs> they on that well not even on just come up with an excuse yeah i mean it makes for a really great story arc on angel so we'll just mm-hmm. leave that there but um at this point yeah is jarla's just kind of like the monster of the week essentially um because she really is i mean that's the role that she's fulfilling here i mean the three are like a non-entity like they're just a little blip like yeah they, they barely do anything they create a need for buffy and angel to like run into her house but that's literally True. it and also i do want to point out like the cleverness of that scene where they run into Buffy's house mm-hmm. and Buffy invites him in right when he's crossing the threshold. But Barely, the question yeah. that I do have is like, was Angel just assuming that she was going to do that? She because he didn't to. even pause. Like it's a great, I know there's no hesitation. He just runs right in and it's like almost a little bit too soon. And, I mean, and then the vampire like sticks his hand through the doorway. I'm like, he shouldn't be able to do that. He shouldn't be able to. No, that's true. I mean, and honestly at that point, I think that the show is actively trying to, 
trick you as a viewer. Yes. You know, because it is true. He wouldn't he wouldn't be running with full force not knowing if he's going to get invited in. And even I had to watch it twice to make sure that she had said something because you almost don't hear it. Yeah. And so that's my point is like it's clever. But at the same time, it's like the seams are showing a little bit like you. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's almost just like because it's just put in there just to make you like tricked because <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't think. Of course, she'd be like, come in, come in. Um, yeah. But also, I want to say um, this is a really creepy episode. It is. Both of these, actually. I, I mean, I really, yeah. That they scene with Darla kind of at the window? Establish, yeah. They establish something with the pack, you know, the episode we were talking about last week. I, and, like, okay, they're really willing to, to go, go dark. pretty far. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that applies even more to iRobot Eugene, but, yeah, yeah, even in this one, it's like, that was creepy. Her face just in the window. Ugh. But at the same time, um, I mean, keeping it light, like, it is still really funny. I mean, like... Buffy's mother is in the hospital. I laughed a lot in both of these. And I laughed so much because she's like, the doctor said it looked like I fell on a barbecue fork. And then she's like, (laughs) but we don't have... I mean, she's just so (laughs) mystified. You know, like, how could I have fallen on a barbecue fork? We don't have a barbecue fork. But not really giving it that much thought. And and then just like, you know, Giles is there because he's a watcher and they know know that she was bitten by an animal... by By a vampire. Vampire. But... I just love it. She's like, this school really cares. It's so good, yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that I liked about Joyce in this episode is that, like, ob- obviously this is all inadvertent because she does not know that Darla is a vampire, but I love her, like, hospitality to vampires because that kind of becomes part of her role as well. Like, again, in the future seasons with everybody, like, she's yes. nice to everybody. She's not. No she's matter. a non-judgmental she's willing, mom. She's, yeah, she's willing to give everybody a chance until they prove themselves you know, prove that they aren't worth it, worth it. But I do think that's a sweet thing that like Darla comes in and she's like, what can I get you to drink? Like, (laughs) well, yeah, because I mean, like they use that perfectly. Like this is a very, it's like a horror movie episode, like so much, but it's funny because you know, like what's going on. But like, I mean that whole scene where she's like, would you like anything to eat? And Mm -hmm. she's like, I would. And you know, do you, do you want something small or something big? And she's like something, I mean, it's just something big. Like it's so creepy, but it's also hilarious because of the way Joyce is playing it. And like, you're right. It kind of sets up like her character. Like, of course she's inviting people into her house and has Mm -hmm. no reason to hesitate around that. Um, it's yeah, this is a, it's a big episode and, and it's like the halfway point too. So it is. I mean, it is interesting um, that they wait this long to um, to a step. to reveal that. Right. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. world building, I guess, going on in between. But um, there is. But I I really feel though like this episode brought up so many questions for me. Um, so I want to I want to get your feedback on okay. on these things. Um, so yet again, you know, early on in this episode, we have like a training scene between Buffy and Giles where he's like, "You can't use a crossbow until you prove yourself with this bow staff," and she's like, "No problem." Like without breaking a sweat or putting on pads, she, like, knocks them on the floor. So I guess, you know, we know it, We know that in some ways Buffy is special because the show is about her and because this goes on for seven seasons and she sort of doesn't die. <laughs> but, like... There's a big asterisk seem like on she's, that. <laughs> it seems like she's... Yes, of course. Um, it seems like she's really special in a way that I wasn't really considering before. Like, even just her physical skill seems to be above and beyond what any other Slayer has done. Because, like, again, I think the main argument of the show is that she's special because she lets people into her life and because she's emotional and because of all those things. But also, it seems like she's better just physically than the other Slayers. Because, like, why would Giles be so surprised? Is I mean, she hasn't been training the way that we come to find out, like, other Slayers spend their whole lives 
training in martial arts to make sure that they'll they'll be ready in case they're chosen. But like Buffy never even pays attention, and she's still like sweet, you know. You know why? Why would you know? Well, why is Giles so surprised? That's a really good question really because better. I mean, I guess the obvious answer is because she has a good stunt woman. But like, I mean, <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, he hands her this staff and she just takes him down with like perfect he technique. Think like she's, it's yeah, just, he doesn't think she can. Yeah, and I but I mean that also goes into like I mean she's taking down Giles, so I mean I I do true, question true, them having totally, the yeah. Watcher train the Slayer in combat like this because <laughs> they're right. so unmatched. They're it's like equipped. how is this effective mm-hmm. training at all? And I always wonder this, but you know that is a really good question. Like, is Buffy special in other ways that the show never really implicitly or explicitly mm-hmm. makes clear? Like you just ha- kind of have to notice it happening. I mean, other characters mm-hmm. do comment like this is a strong Slayer. Like she's different. Mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm you know, special, but we never really have to consider is Buffy special because she's also just has this innate ability to like pick up martial arts and combat weapon mm-hmm. skills. Um, yeah. You know, also she like picks up the crossbow and uses that immediately <laughs> as well. So also, and this is what <laughs> we were talking about. They're <laughs> keeping weapons in the school library in the school, yeah. and it appears I mean, that they they're stop. in a cabinet in that cage. So like no mm-hmm. one should really be knowing that they're there or finding them, but it's a little questionable. <laughs> Um, okay, so here's my other, I guess, I don't expect us to, like, solve this, but I just think the interesting thing about this episode in particular, right, one of the questions is, like, because, again, at this point, they haven't really explored what Angel's curse is and why he's not evil, or at least seems to not be evil, but also, you know, the show is pretty insistent in the mythology that, like, soul is good and no soul is evil, but kind of again and again, everybody sort of makes that so muddy you know I don't want to say that they go against it exactly but like you know Giles is so insistent that a vampire retains nothing other than the shell of itself but like every vampire that we meet has the same personality or some significant personality traits left over from who they were as a person you know they're all reacting to who they were before they got turned in some way that they're just the evil I just kind of think and I guess the thought that I had is is that just a lie that the Watchers Council has, you know, they're, they're the ones that have, have told everybody this. So, like, it makes sense that to the Watchers Council, this is black and white. She's the Slayer. She kills the bad guys. And, I mean, in later, again, in later seasons, they'll insist that she should be killing someone like Anya, who, like, isn't really evil anymore or whatever. But, like, the, it, all the characters in the show are very, like, gray, not black or white. But it is kind of a weird, like, ugh. I just feel like it's, well, it's not I always think- totally in sync. You know, who is good, who's not good. Yeah, you know, I I think you're not wrong. I think that's a question that comes up a lot. I mean, but I think they do make the point later that, you know, the Watcher's Council, who we haven't met yet, but, you know, whoever's training Giles before he comes here, you know... They're they're operating on theory, so of course vampire mm-hmm. good. Yeah, they don't or know anything. Vampire bad, yeah. slayer good. But like when you're out in the field, things exactly. never <laughs> work the way that you think they will. And maybe people that are supposedly evil can still be allies and helpful. I mean, like that's a calculation I think people make every day. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that is something that comes up again and again. That like there's a gray area always. I mean, you know, it shouldn't. It's not as simple as like demons, vampires don't have a soul, so therefore they're evil. I mean, we meet evil witches who are human and mm-hmm. have souls. They're human. just evil. And hu- hum- evil, evil humans. watchers, yeah. evil, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not always so simple, I think, but they're, I think for them to have this ability to carry on this mission, for them it's important mm-hmm. to say right. vampire bad, people good. 
And then, I mean, and, and they have then, to make it so that Buffy's not just murdering people. Exactly, you know, there has to be some well, sort of that's line. That's the thing. There but, has to be a moral code because, as we learn later with Faith, like it is, it could be easy as a powerful person like they are to cross that line into in a very dangerous way of not making that distinction between people and vampires. Right. And they have to, but also, you know, if you are so pure or, you know, you're making these pure distinctions between good and bad, a character like Angel comes in and like mucks it all up because on paper Mm -hmm. he's bad, but when you know the whole story, well, it's not as simple. Do you? And and this is why char- like a character like Xander becomes so frustrating because Xander yes, has bought wholeheartedly I, yes. into this Ugh. vampire bad people good. And and I think we talked about like maybe he does I mean, it he in a way buy to. Into it. He's just jealous. Well, he is, but also I wonder excuse. like is he also buying into it so much to you know he's probably still lies awake at night sometimes like I killed my best friend so right he has to believe that you know vampire equals bad but but he also I wish spending all this time but yeah yeah, I mean that's Xander is a pretty undeveloped character actually as we go along but I think um they're not making that distinction but like especially someone like Xander spending all this time in the field he should be able to make this this you know these adjustments based on what he sees i mean he does well, it all the time he does later <laughs> yeah because he's gonna marry a demon later Shh. yeah <laughs> well yes sorry we, hey, hey i'm hey, just hey. kidding uh, uh, yeah <laughs> we, we, we talked about this this is a very you cannot talk about this episode and not talk it's about not spoiler spoilers. free like it's just yeah. impossible because this just begins the whole um the whole saga essentially i mean this is really where the show yeah. gets going so um, okay, so here's my next... Okay. Not, I'm enjoying next these question, questions. Just, these are making me yeah. have deep thoughts about this I show. I guess this isn't another question, but really, it's it's funny because... So I've been watching the show with my boyfriend, and he hasn't seen it, and we've... Well, he saw seasons two and three, and that whole time, I kept explaining to him, no, 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 it's just this soul thing. Either it's there or it's not, and it totally explains everything, and he's the one that is always, like, pressuring me with, like, well, how does that make sense because of this, and how does that make sense because of this? And so I wonder, too, is this just the way that I've reacted to the show is that I accept the mythology as they present it, which is that Angelus and Angel are totally separate characters. And that is what explains everything. And again, also PS, I'm definitely just trying to lay the groundwork of my team spike argument starting now. (laughs) (laughs) I know you have an old, like you have an agenda here. That's all of this is serving my spike agenda, (laughs) but at the same time, it's a great question. You know, the more he presses me, the more I'm like, well, I guess that's just the way that I've accepted the show, but there probably are people who don't really forget viewers. I mean, fans who don't accept that explanation for angel or maybe that maybe no, I don't know. I've never met anybody I mean, who's like, Oh yeah, angel. I never really got over season two. Nobody says that, but no, because yeah, I mean, maybe? I think they I just, I think the main issue with angel versus spike is the show very much wants you to get over Angel and so right. or his actions. Right. And so the entire finale of season two is built to help you do that. And right. it, that is not a service that they did with Spike as much. I mean, I mean it, partially because they ran out of time. Right. Right. Yeah. Like but also, I mean, they had a whole season to do it. And it's just the the direction that they went with him and his redemption was very different and a little bit trickier to. Yeah. Like it. It requires, I think it also had to be different because it can't just be Angel all over again. Well, exactly. But it requires a little more leaping, like a leap of faith of like, yeah. oh, yes, this is the difference. And and I think you're right. I mean, the vampires do seem to have the same personality, essentially, just like the evil version. And, right. and I think that's the distinction that they're making. Like, it's not so much like they're entirely different people, but like the choices that they make and the 
way that they view things and their thoughts are entirely different. Like you're in this world, the, the idea of a soul is not like having a soul doesn't make you a good person necessarily, but having a soul, right. it just gives you, gives you, a you exactly. It gives you a conscience. It helps you be a better person. You can't be the good person mm-hmm. without it because I mean, or you could, can you, well, though, or, well, I mean, we're going to have to have all these conversations again when, as, as the show goes on, you know, and Angel's story in season two, yeah. Spike's story later. I think we should continue. I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't have like, yeah, I don't think there's necessarily an answer. I mean, I think that's why the show is interesting. I mean, I don't. I also don't know that they ever explicitly ideas. say that Anya doesn't have a soul as a demon because she True. was human was and human. then was made mm-hmm. a demon. So it's very fuzzy and unclear. Um, but yeah. we meet more demons down the road that seem gentle and cuddly. And right, do they have right. souls? Or are they just not necessarily evil? Or are they right. are they not evil? Or are they just not concerned with killing humans? Yeah, like do they care more <laughs> about playing poker for kittens than they do about murdering mm-hmm. humans? Like it's like where are their priorities? Or maybe this is just a particular breed of demon that doesn't really care to like mm-hmm. go on a murderous rampage. Um, right. I mean, again, then I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that this is one season of a show that they didn't know where they were going to be able to take it. So they have to set up, it's easier in this one season to kind of set up pretty simple boundaries. But then obviously as the show goes on, they don't, I don't think they stick to it. No. And I mean, how could they? I mean, they, that's it would be kind boring. Of, right. And, but I think also they, they do explicitly have characters wrestle with these questions. I mean, I think even Angel sure. himself wrestles with these questions of like, I'm not well, good just because yeah. I have a soul. I still did all these other things. And he doesn't make that right, distinction right. between Angelus and himself. And That's unless he's trying to say, like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm a good guy. Like, I'm on, mm-hmm. or not I'm a good guy. I'm on your side. But he's, he's not making yeah. a distinction of, like, everything I did doesn't matter. I mean, he says it in this episode. You have no idea right. what it's like to do the things that I've done and care. And, like, yeah. he very much well, cares. He's not willing to say, right. that was a totally different dude. Like, he's saying, That's no, great, that yeah. was me. Hmm. And, I just now happen to care that I did all those things. Yeah, that's and I a think great that point. is the, you know, and I never really think about him that way. Well, and that's the because, difference between yeah. him and Spike is Spike legitimately does not care about the things that he did until but Spike never had a soul. Until he has a soul, until and then they do yeah. very much. You know, he goes through this whole um, process of you know dealing with, terms his, with it. you know yeah. his conscience, but. But yeah. the, the thing again, is, is like you like, and this is the thing that the characters forget because Spike becomes an ally with them and is ostensibly one of the good guys. But he's not, mm-hmm. he's not wholly a good guy because he just could give a shit that he killed two but, slayers. But like see, he you just say doesn't. That, but then, but then, I mean, it puts Xander in a weird place too because he repeatedly is like, he always acts out of his own self interest. He never really, he doesn't do much. Xander is you know, a selfish is character. 100%. He's so selfish. That's, but I'm saying sometimes it's to the detriment of like everyone around him. Or I mean, at least it could be. The show again never really takes it that way. But like, but I, I think mean, he, he does, I think he, he pays the price Buffy for that kill. eventually. Does he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, interesting. So okay, uh, crap. I kind of lost. I had another question in there. Oh, I, I guess just to fully lay out my spike argument, not fully, but um, I think the difference more so between the two of them is. Um, again, obviously now I'm talking about stuff that had, did not take place in this episode at all, but, um, with Spike, we see everything happen where, as with Angel, it's all stuff that we just hear about. Like every horrible thing that Angel did, they sort of show it in the show, but at this point, not as explicitly. And again, we know that Angel struggles with getting his soul, but it doesn't happen for that long. Whereas like with Spike, these are things that happen on screen. I don't know. Yeah. I just think it makes it feel different as a viewer, even though the story, if you if you held up the stories side by side, you know, they're not that different. But we do also have a lot of episodes of Spike 
gleefully recounting Being how he badass. murdered people. Like, Ugh, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, he's a badass. He absolutely cool. is. But like, I mean, Spike of season two is a total badass and a very cool character. Like, I'm not gonna argue against that. But like, he's mm-hmm. also really evil. And like, these are the things yeah. that we see him do. And he never really expresses remorse about it. I mean, yeah. you know, the only reason Spike becomes one of the good guys is because he physically can't bite a human. Like, that's right. it. Yeah. I mean, he's not. He's not better. See, he's not. And he's like, and he's only helping them out of like boredom or like necessity really like it's a it's a you know kill or be killed kind of world that they live in and so he's decided that it's in his best interest at that point that I cannot protect myself and kill humans Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna hang out with these people and like may as well just kill some demons like I mean Mm -hmm. that's kind of where he lands and and it and it that's where he starts and it progresses and that's where he starts and we can talk about that that, you know more as we get into like those seasons but when he's actually appeared on screen yes (laughs) we're not just going six seasons in ahead of ourselves well there okay I I don't know if there's anyone listening who's like who the hell is Spike but you know I, maybe, TBD. Yeah. <laughs> TBD. Yeah, yeah, sorry, everyone. Um, I TBA. I have had a couple people say, like, oh, I might watch Buffy now that you're doing this, so I'm spoiling all kinds of things for those people. But, uh, look, uh, you could do, you could type in the words Buffy on the internet and learn all of this, so it's true. I don't really feel that guilty. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So, going back to kind of my line of questions, I guess that's most of it. Um, I do find this the final showdown between Buffy and Angel to be a little bit weird, you know, kind of the way that he he reacts to her. I right. he does seem to kind of be goading her, you know, and I don't know why he's doing that. It, unless it's just kind of a weird like does he sort of want to die? I mean, because he still feels guilty for everything that he's done. Maybe well, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe, and then also maybe yes, in despair that he's somehow in a situation where this girl that he loves thinks mm-hmm. that he can never love him back. Was- Right, because she thinks that he tried to kill her mother, and like it's a mm-hmm. like all the visual evidence is pointing to exactly that. And mm-hmm. he's like, "There's no point. She doesn't need my explanation. She doesn't care to hear it. Like she's here to kill me. Mm-hmm. Like may as well let it go." And you know, Darla's also been, you know, working him like a little bit, like right. kind of saying like she's not going to care about you when she finds out what you are. True, you know, true. all of this. So. Yeah, sure. And the vampires are pretty master manipulators. They are, and everything about his reaction in those scenes bugs me, but I think it seems plausible at the same time. That's where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but it is interesting. I do do feel like this episode really foreshadows all of season two. Like, Xander's attitude is exactly what it's going to be. Buffy's questioning of what it means that Angel can be a vampire but be good, and Angel questioning what it means, because he also seems really, like conflicted about it he's because he tells Darla like I'm not one of you and I'm not one of them either I mean he you know he doesn't have anyone who can tell him what's going on with him really well and I'm sure you know Joss Whedon looked at this episode and said there's a lot more here I bet I can make a whole arc out of it (laughs) (laughs) not just a one-off episode let's let's make it a theme for an entire season um yeah I can't wait till we talk about season two Mm, Um, me too okay but I think um okay yeah yeah. on to uh iRobot Eugene yes and I apologize for leading us down a path that was not really talking about the episode at hand. But it no, was that's totally fair so because you. I'm, I'm not sorry. No, at all. I think you're the point that you made, and I think it's a really good point. Is, you know, this is like I was saying, this is a big episode in the history of Buffy. But like, you're right mm-hmm. in that 
it opens up all of these questions that it's debatable whether they ever actually answer them or not. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's the mark of a good show is to not try to give you definitive answers to these tough questions. Right. Like it's because you never, these are questions that people have been asking throughout time. Like mm-hmm. you don't know what is the nature of good versus evil. Like it's right, never, right. there's never definitive answer. Can you answer. make up for it if you've done something horrible? Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, mm. It really okay. is so the starting then, point for that. Yeah. Yeah. So onto a less cerebral oh, episode. <laughs> uh, I robot you, Jane. I'll do my little quick rundown. Um, I just don't even want to do this. Oh man, great! <laughs> this great. episode. I'm excited now. You're making me more excited to talk about it. Um, so this episode opens on I missed the century, maybe 1400s. A scene in the 1400s uh, in Italy. I think so. Who cares? Oh my it god! But the, okay, I did say I did make a note to myself okay. that that opening scene is wonderfully ridiculous. Like just I she, I was I wrote down it was cheese cheese cheese. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Um, so there's this totally cheesy scene of a guy I don't know pledging his allegiance to this horrible demon. This guy Moloch. Um, not the even corruptor, guy, Moloch, the corruptor. Corruptor. Mm-hmm. So we get the gist that some, you know, this guy's this demon. Why do I keep calling my guy? He's uh, yeah. been wreaking havoc by getting people to be really loyal to him and then having them do his bidding. So some priests uh, cast a spell. They banish him into a book and cut to present day Sunnydale High, where they've recently got computers and a computer teacher, and they're doing a big scanning project. Um, so we see that some of the students are in the library helping Giles scan all of his old texts, much to his chagrin. Um, and as they scan that text, all the ink disappears from the page, and oh, the, oh no, the demon has been trapped in the computer now. Uh, oh boy. Where so, am I? <laughs> so from there, that demon continues, Moloch, to uh, sort of seduce, I think, a number of the students, all the tech kids that are in the computer club. I think seduction is the right word in in different ways. Yeah. Although, again, some of those kids seemed a little bit too willing to be like, you want me to murder? Great. Uh, That guy who kept talking about being jacked in? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, that was a great line. He said, if you're not jacked in, you're not alive. Oh, let's not forget (laughs) that in this entire episode, everyone refers to it as the net. The net. Which, uh-huh. has, it has Ugh. not been referred to as the net since 1997, but I do. No, and it was, I think it was only for like six months in 1997, oh. even like, I don't feel like it lasted that long. Long enough for them to make a, a great Sandra Bullock movie about it. Well, but I was just going to say, like, that might be the last time someone actually called it that, but. Mm-hmm. But if you're not so, jacked into the net, then you're nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the demon also proceeds to, like, begin an online flirtation with Willow. Um, who's really excited to kind of finally have a suitor. Uh, and then it all kind of goes to hell. The demon realizes that Buffy is a threat, and so he coerces the students into, the uh, other students, not Willow, into trying to kill her, which is, again, pretty far. Um, meanwhile, he's getting a whole bunch of people at the local computer lab. Uh, Unclear what that was co- company. To to build him a body so that he can, again, take form since he's been scanned into the computer. Anyway, eventually, uh, Giles, with the help of Ms. Collander, the super hot computer teacher, they banish him, and then Buffy and Willow kind of defeat him. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, this is pretty much the, like, this episode, I think, has the worst reputation in the whole series for being just one of the worst. It's pretty clunky. Um, I think the I main problem it, is, though. like, it's, you know what it is? It's that you can't... I mean, and they're still trying to do this, all these, like, doomsday movies about the perils of the internet and, you know, social media Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And I think it's just for for whatever reason, like, 
trying to tell a story of like the dangers of the internet like never works and it's so funky and like heavy-handed and yes this is maybe one of the cooler metaphorical ways we've seen this presented but Mm -hmm. also it doesn't make sense like how is he looking out of a computer monitor no and how does he get the the computer screen to show his pixelated face that's this not is, a thing you can do in a computer, really. No, and they <laughs> keep, way, I mean, they keep turning it, on the computers like and all of a sudden every program is running. I don't, like, this isn't, like, whoever yeah. wrote this episode probably didn't know what a computer was. Like, that's, right. it's just like I a think, magical yeah. box that, like, anything is possible. Um, well, this is 1997. Is to, they do continue to use computers that way for all of the series with Willow's hacking abilities, uh, but fair enough. Um, I think the other thing that kind of makes this one bad is it's like, it, 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 it there's the like seed of an interesting story there because you know for willow i mean um she has been clearly struggling with like she likes xander but he's in love with buffy you know this new girl did show up who's like super hot super cool you know i could understand this like there's there is a story there maybe of willow being jealous or you know willow willow just feeling insecure clearly is a thing that is always happening but it does make her just kind of pathetic in that like how quickly she is just like oh i'm in love with this guy i talk to him three times a week on the internet like but I, I think it's not her fault. That, that's like, like his, that's right. his dem- I mean, demonic power a... is to corrupt people through making them love him. And so, true. you know, props to him for doing it over the internet anonymously. I mean, that, you know, that's kind of hard to do. Um, right. But I guess I just think it makes it, that's one of the reasons, again, why it doesn't sit that well, I think, with fans. Because, like, I don't want to see Willow. It, it's not clear early on that that's what's happening, maybe. I don't right. know. I guess it is clear, but I just don't like it. <laughs> Well, we I don't know, like seeing. It's about Willow. halfway through the episode till we figure out who Malcolm is. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, the other students are like, "Cool, yeah, we'll take her out. We'll electrocute a fellow student, no mm-hmm. prob." Um, and mm-hmm. and this is a really, I mean, you, like you were saying with the pack, they kind of figured out like, "Oh, we can go pretty dark." And with this one, they're like, "Yeah, we can go also pretty dark and just have a student hung up from the ceiling." And yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, that whole scene, I was like, I forgot that like there's a body <laughs> yeah yeah it's and that they fake a suicide you know that's very yeah. uh, just horrible Moloch really is terrible um also the yeah, way they I, vanquish um, him is i mean doesn't so make any sense. well okay yeah, so they literally well, are just like all of this is happening in a computer yeah well let's talk about miss calendar because i mm-hmm. wrote in my notes Miss Calendar, exclamation point, because this is the other character I I was talking about. (laughs) Yeah, where we, she's like a major character. And, um, you know, this is where we first meet her. And I always forgot that she shows up this early. Like, I thought she was more of a season two character. But but right away, you know, she's sparring with Giles over, like, he's such a Luddite and all this. Mm -hmm. And, like, his, his, like, anti internet stance was extremely irritating. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it just seemed to be based on, like, what are these newfangled inventions? Um, yeah, he is. Yeah, but she reveals herself to be a techno pagan. Techno pagan. <laughs> I don't know if that was a real thing or uh, or knows? what. So she's basically not a witch, but like someone who does spells or something mm-hmm. unclear over the internet. So she's got like a like a like a coven or like a circle, but it's like mm-hmm. they're all around the world hooked up to their internet. Like so, they do yeah. like a spell over the computer like Giles is reading words and she's typing them and somehow that basically all they really achieve is like taking Moloch out of the internet and trapping him in this body and then Buffy Mm -hmm. has to kill the actual body but um a little bit strange and um it is strange and again just like 
Yeah. Okay. They don't understand what the internet is. No. <laughs> well, and the show doesn't. Can we talk about Miss Calendar is supposed to be the computer teacher and like computer expert? She's a terrible mm-hmm. typist. She was like <laughs> two finger typing in that spell in Led Giles' reading. And I was like, lady, you teach computers. You better like That's have funny. like Mavis Beacon like on speed dial or something. Like crazy. So I, that was like bugging me. But the important thing is this is the first appearance of Miss Calendar. So it was very exciting. True. Um, also important that we find out Buffy's GPA. Did 2.8. we? I wrote it down. Two point eight. Yeah. Because okay. Malik like shows her student <laughs> record to one of the douchey tech guys, and it's like name Buffy GPA two point eight. Also, it said absence is one. That doesn't seem. That doesn't ring true to me. <laughs> Buffy's that always missing school. <laughs> seems unlikely. Um, mm. I the thing that I took from that is we. Um, I guess it was like just having it written down. It was like oh Buffy would be thirty seven today. So, oh. Yeah. 1980. Huh. So. Yeah. Yeah. She's not, not even far. a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I suppose depending on where your cutoff um, is. Uh, she also yeah. refers to emails as e-letters. <laughs> I mean, I think this really just was a magical time when, like, this stuff was all new and the nomenclature was not worked out. I don't feel like they were getting it wrong, per se. It's just, like, an emb- anybody that made a show this year got it all. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> I will grant you that, like, uh, the humor on this continued because, you know, like, Giles yes. is, like, telling Buffy she should investigate, and she's like, what, you're talking about, like, put on dark yeah. glasses and a trench coat, and then, like, the very next scene, she's... Cut to. She's, like, broad daylight hailing this guy in, like, a very plush trench coat mm-hmm. and dark no, I glasses. that was hilarious. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this also has those moments of, like, oh, fashion saving Buffy again, because she's got, like, rubber-soled shoes when the guy tries to, like, trick her. <laughs> She also gets out of it quickly, but that was funny. Um, yeah, I think um, my other little, and this isn't really a jibe, but it's interesting because, so at the end of this episode, as we were saying, this Malik guy get, it turns out at the computer lab or whatever, the, the, um, I keep wanting to compare it to Veronica Mars, the like Kane Industries of mm-hmm. Sunnydale, this local computer company, um, the demon has been getting people to build him a physical body out of robot, you know, not robot parts out of, well, yeah, kind of out of metal. Um, but that really reminded me of a storyline that Joss Whedon wrote for astonishing X-Men, which is one of my all time favorite comics, uh, the run specifically that Joss Whedon did, which is there's a storyline where like the X-Men all use this like simulator room, this like really high tech simulator room to, um, practice, basically practice all of their fighting and their skills. And they do like team exercises and stuff, but like, because you know, in order, it's so sophisticated that it eventually gains con- gains consciousness and then builds a body for itself. And I was like, oh my god, that's totally where this idea came from. And it just really made me laugh. I mean, I'm sure he came up with that I- that idea on its own isn't like so singular that it has to be from this episode. But like knowing that Joss Whedon probably wrote both of them, I'm like, oh, I see, I see. It's also kind of the plot of Age of Ultron. Yeah, the Avengers true. that Joss Whedon did as well. That he wrote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, it's a theme he likes to return to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the question here is, why does Malik even need a body? Like, he has control over yeah, the entire he's internet. Yeah, about to ruin the world. Yeah. Like, he, like they were saying, he could ground planes. He could, you know, kill the economy. He, I mean, like, the power of being in the internet like that is because he's jacked in. Like, yeah, exactly. he, he doesn't, like, why does he need a body? It, seem, it just seems like to create a reason for, like, to build a robot demon, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think um, you're right. Which, you know, they did, that robot demon but, was pretty cool. But Yeah. You know, maybe he's a Luddite, too. 
Maybe, maybe he doesn't he feel is. comfortable. He's been banished for several centuries. He I mean, doesn't it, know his what thing this is internet. his thing is books, so maybe that's mm-hmm. why. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. kind of like the idea of like somehow scanning this was like saying it out loud, and it released him into mm-hmm. the computer. Mm-hmm. I guess. Also, okay, but can we talk about the horrible trope in TV where someone's typing or talking or texting and they, like, read it out loud? Yes. And I'm like, I can read quickly. (laughs) I don't need you to, like, like, Willow's talking out loud if she's typing. This isn't, no one types that way. No, I mean, clearly that is just a mechanism so that the viewers can follow the conversation. But, yeah, it was I mean, that just adds to the kind of clumpiness of this whole episode of, like, it's just hard to execute this kind of storyline, even if you really knew what you were talking about, and, like, clearly they didn't. No. Um, there was also that great, a great joke, though, with Xander, who is not my favorite anymore, but he was funny in both of these episodes when um, they get Miss Calendar catches him and Buffy in the um, library again, and she's, like, kind of suspicious, and he's like, oh, to read makes our speaking English good. <laughs> it was just really funny. Um, I mean, Xander is always oh, there for comic relief. It just sometimes his com- comedy is like sexist, <laughs> and that one wasn't wasn't. It was just great. What a great line, Xander! Keep 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 bringing it that way. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Again, a kind of another thing that I wrote down too is just like in regards to this whole you know defunct computer um, company that had a building in Sunnydale, like. This, this episode kind of involves, like, the whole town and the whole world. It just doesn't, like, it's just so sloppy. It doesn't, you know, who were all those people working at the at the computer company? Well, they don't work there anymore. I mean, I guess that was the whole idea. So there, I mean, who, yeah, who are these employees that were left that are there to, um, to I mean, they can't robot? have been there the whole time. They must have come back. I, yeah, because they said the plant shut down. So. Yeah. It's just weird. Again, because, like, normally, at least for a while, until the show has really established how, like, why nobody remembers all these terrible things happening all the time, like, it's really weird to involve that many people in the town, and then just, like, the next day, like, nobody noticed that, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, they don't ever, the cleanup is never really addressed. I mean, I guess people are just used to weird stuff happening in this town, and they go with it, but, like, I mean, PCP isn't really a good explanation for what went down with the computer demon. Um, also we do get our first kind of, or one of our first references of Xander's family, not exactly being like, oh yeah, super successful or just not wealthy. Yeah. Or not even that, but like, you know, just a little bit like, um, working like the menial like jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause like Xander's talking about his uncle working there in a floor sweeping capacity or something. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that like, you know, it, you know, I mean, it's just like we always get these background references to Xander's family being like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to go to college because no one in my family does that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, they're like sort of the perhaps living on the wrong side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with sweeping floors, just, you know, kind of the way it's presented here as, oh, not as cool as working on at this at place. The on, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, and also, again, this episode is what it is, but it did ha- end on, like, one of the greatest closing scenes of all time, which is the three of them, Buffy being like, well, I fell in love with a vampire, and Xander being like, well, I fell in love with a praying mantis teacher, <laughs> and then them being like, oh, none of us are ever going to have a happy relationship. <laughs> oh, it's and just then so they sad just and so true. close out on their, like, really just depressed expressions. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. I did enjoy that. 
I mean, like, yeah. this show's not afraid to, like, end on these kind of notes of, like, oh, like, because uh. I mean, it's all about growing less, up, right, like, and realizing, like, life yeah. isn't all roses and sunshine. True. And maybe, but also, I think they wrote that line as just a joke, but, like, truthfully, none of them really are going to have successful relationships, at least not for very long, you know? Yeah, well, I mean. I guess depending, Yeah. Perhaps they are now. They're all 37, so mm-hmm. who knows. I actually haven't really been keeping up with the comics, so... No, I haven't at all. Um, um. I don't know who's got a successful relationship. Last I checked in on Xander, he did, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, <sighs> anyway. We got through it. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think a little bit, too, though. I kept thinking about this episode in terms of, like, modern-day everything and, like... I do think, I just, why, why am I defending this episode? But I don't know. (laughs) You know, amongst all these like Russian hacking scandals about like influencing elections around the world, it's just a little bit cathartic to see like an evil internet entity become physical and then defeated. (laughs) If only we could have taken on Russian hackers in the same way. Obviously, yeah, obviously I'm reaching, but like a little bit, I was like, this is kind of nice. I'll give you that. Yeah, it felt a little cathartic, I suppose. Oh, and sorry, one final note is that I also do love any time Buffy, as happens in this episode, when she takes out a monster, not because she's stronger than it, but because she just outsmarts it. Like, I mean, granted, I'm not sure that the physics of this really check out, but like she just tricks the robot into like slamming an electrical panel that electrocutes him. But like she she realizes that like he's pretty strong and I'm not going to have a great, I'm not, it's not easy for me to just punch his guts out. So she like. She just tricks him. She's always she does. Smart like that. And I she also had a nice moment there where she does that and then she immediately runs over to like protect Xander and Willow from the mm-hmm. fallout of that. Which mm-hmm. felt very buffy like she's barely covering yeah, totally. them, right? She's got like an arm thrown over them, but like she's like if any shrapnel right. comes this she's way, trying. it's yeah. gonna hit me. Um and yeah. you kind of see Moloch's head sort of just bouncing around the floor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. So we got through this episode is the best I can say. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I honestly have nothing more to say about it. Um, That's fair. I had enough to say. <laughs> really, for me, the only reason that it still feels relevant or interesting in the whole canon of the show is the introduction of Miss Calendar, and um, that's basically it. <laughs> Malik yeah, is a pretty forgettable fair. villain. Um, this is kind yeah. of like we don't really see Willow act like this again. So, no. thank God. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, Agreed. Uh, but next time... Yeah, what's up next? Next time, we've got some good ones coming up. So, we've got... Um, we're almost through... So, season one is short. It's only 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the next two are um, episodes, I suppose, uh, nine, 9 and 10. 10. Yeah. Um, so we have the puppet show, which is oh, one that I, I adore. I that one. Uh-huh. Uh, so good, um, although a little creepy. It is um, creepy, but it's great. Dummies are never not creepy, but yeah. I can deal with it. They play but, into it. You know? Yeah, they really do, um, and it's also hilarious. Mm-hmm. And nightmares, which is an episode that I oh. always forget about. Me too. So it will be fun to watch it again because I don't know that I've really watched it enough times mm-hmm. to really have a, a big memory of it. Um, yeah, no, I also always forget about that one. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so we've got first puppet show and then nightmares. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm excited about those. Yeah. And then the next two are going to be the finale. And is the, it two, it's two parts, right? 
No, it's just one. Oh, okay. Um, but the 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 penultimate episode of the season is a favorite as well. Okay. So, um, Ugh, we'll talk about that in a come. couple weeks. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, like that's the thing. I mean, this. Unfortunately, you have iRobot you, Jane, muddying up the work there, but <laughs> well, the back half of season one is actually fairly strong, I'd say. It's pretty good. No, yeah. I agree. With um, this one notable exception. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Well. Yeah. Um, do you have any... What else have you been into this well, week? I was yeah. going to say, do you have any other... I, like, I, was, I was trying to think about this. Like, I, I guess I haven't really explored any new pop culture in the last week. Well, actually, that's not true. No. That's a huge lie. I did see the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Oh. Um, I want to see it. Did you like it? I did. I also came to the conclusion that I don't really necessarily want a pet. I mean, you know, I don't really want a cat or a dog. Like, I mm-hmm. like taking care of something sounds terrifying, frankly. But mm-hmm. um, I really badly want a baby Groot. <laughs> 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 I just I want to cuddle with him and like make him feel better when he's Aww. crying and watch him Does dance. He cry? And, I don't want to watch oh, him he's cry. He's so so adorable. Um, okay. But I did I did find it enjoyable. You know, it's a it's a sequel, so it's not going to be amazing yeah. as you want it to be and definitely retreads all the one of my favorite marbles yeah happen. i mean they just retread like the popular beats obviously and they're really leaning into mm-hmm. what worked the last time mm-hmm. to the detriment i think the story wasn't super cohesive um but there were some pretty cool scenes and um you know everyone was really good okay and and yeah again just i someone please give me a baby group like i want one so bad <laughs> um okay yeah, I also haven't been doing too much new, um, but I had two two thoughts. Um, I have been, I mean, I know I already talked about Terrace House, but I finally getting through all of the, um, the new season is set in Hawaii, and it got off to a really rocky start, and I was just, like, not enjoying it at all, and I finally got to a point where I'm, like, really into it again. <laughs> so if anyone else is watching Aloha State, to be honest, everybody that I... Everybody that I know who already watches it were the ones telling me, like, no, 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 it's get be- it gets better, it gets better. But, like, it really has gotten better. Finally, I'm, like, so relieved. Um, yeah, so Terrace House Season 2 finally picking up. And then um, this is obviously not a new piece of media at all, but um, I was visiting some of our friends last weekend, and we were listening to the In the Heights soundtrack, just, like, in the background, oh. which I've already listened to. But um, I have then, like, all actually. weekend... All week, I mean, I couldn't get a couple of the songs. Like, they just kept getting stuck in my head. And so then I finally listened to it the other day at work. And, I mean, as I said, I had already listened to it. But it was really nice to, like, fall back into it for a minute. If Yeah, if you haven't listened to it, you totally should. It's really, really great. Um, I will warn you that uh, some of the songs are tear-inducing because I was sitting in my office just kind of with crocodile tears, like, <laughs> dripping from my eyes. But, um, yeah. One of the one of the main characters is this girl named Nina who's like just coming back from like her rough first year at college and it's just like gut wrenching, ugh. But it's so good. Is it gut wrenching like Quiet Uptown gut wrenching or like? I mean, no, because nobody's died. But like, yes, Lin Manuel can really make you like feel sad <laughs> about like that song is not. I mean, this one breathe is. She sings a song called Breathe, and it's just like. It's worse in some ways because it's like it's all about her personal turmoil, and you're like, yes, I remember uh, any time I felt failure too. Like it's just, it's so relatable. Whereas like it's quite uptown is obviously very very sad, but like having not had a in their shoes, child whereas, die, like, you, yeah, yeah. Whereas breathe is really like if you're a person who's ever struggled, you're. It, I think it will make you sad. She's also just a beautiful singer. Well, with that ringing endorsement. Anyway, but, the, but most of the songs are, are much more upbeat and, and fun. 
Yeah. But I, I mean, do enjoy it's listening it's to sad songs, though. Maybe musical. I'll go do that. Yeah, no, you'll this. like it. You should listen to it. It's also just, like, a great way to, like... I can't listen to Hamilton for the 100 millionth time, but it still sounds like Lynn, but it's something different. That's my recommendation. Okay, so we've got... I didn't know you hadn't listened to it. I No, I haven't. I, I, I've meant to. I just... Um, well, I mean, that's the case with everything, really. I mean mm-hmm. to. I just, like... <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I know. Um, I mean, I've eventually planned to, and I'm sure, you know, um, I'm going to see Hamilton in about a month, so I think after that I'll probably be back in a, you know, Lin-Manuel euphoria, essentially, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) ready to explore the universe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Or maybe I'll go listen to it right now and cry. I don't know. Just if you cry, it's fine. If you don't cry, that's fine, too, but, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So we'll we'll see you guys all next week. Yeah. We'll see you. uh, We won't see anybody. I'm proud to say this week I'm team angel. Ugh, and I'm still, still team spike. (laughs) (laughs) Catch you next time. All right. right, Bye. Bye. Once more with commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Jenny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at OMWC Podcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com. 